Looking for a job that can change the world? Raytheon Missiles and Defense is hiring a full range of engineering jobs. From design to electrical to systems engineering, we're assembling a world-class workforce to help us better protect our service members and better secure our way of life. Because here, everyone has a part to play, and every role is more than a job. It's a mission. Apply now at rtxdefense.co slash careers. Raytheon Missiles and Defense. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. All right, welcome back to the Fred McNair program. Our producer, Jamario Brooks, Charles Edmond here. Uh, due to technical issues that we're still trying to work through, we're going to have just the audio only. Um, this show will be recorded live for video purposes and will be replayed back uh, sometime this evening. So we're coming to you live on the audio part. So give us a call, 601-877-6595. You can text a question, 601-301-2611. And you can tweet a question. I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio. Charles Eppin here, our producers working hard, Cedric Tillman, Andrew Mario Brooks, Braceheads football coach Fred McNair, uh, joining us on this Monday night, Coach, a tough loss down in Baton Rouge. Uh, trailed early, hung tough, and had a chance late. So he trailed early, hung with it, and had a chance late in the football game. Any, any, any loss is tough, Charles, when, when, you, when you're part of a, part of a game and, and uh, it just doesn't turn out right for you, especially being on the road uh, in Baton Rouge. A hostile environment and, you know, um, all the games that you lose is always tough. Um, when you go back and look at what you did as a team and, and some of the things that um, that we that we missed out on of of, um, of um, plays and, and uh, not connecting with plays and, and uh, things of that nature. Anytime you lose a game, you just have to just go back and, and uh, look at it and see what you can do better for the next week. And uh, that's what we're doing and that's what we did. And uh, moving on to our next um, our game against Texas Southern uh, this coming Saturday. It's always tough when you lose a tough game that you were right there. You know, tough start to the game, but your team hung in there. And I thought going into the game, it would be a high-scoring affair like it's always been. I can't remember a 21-17 Alcorn Southern game in 30-some years I've been doing it. It seems like it's, you know, what was it, 44-38 uh, in overtime when Arnold Walker scored a touchdown in OT down there, Lenoris Footman. We talked with him at halftime. You know, he got his uh, first start against Southern um, in down at Mumford Stadium. High-scoring game there, a lot of points. Uh, Low-scoring game, though, but that says a lot about, about your defense, how they were able to slow down a high-flying Southern team. Anytime you play in a football game and you're part of a coaching staff and, and you know what to expect from another team and how they're going to play you. And, um, you know, same way with Southern. Um, do they know how hard these guys are going to play? And uh, anytime you, anytime you're part of a coaching staff, and and you're looking at film, watching each team, and and seeing the things they can do, and um, and all that kind of stuff, you kind of anticipate that as coaches. Um, told the players all week it's going to be a 60 minute ball game. Um, you know we got to play and play tough, and and we know going into the game we're going to have those guys ready to play in terms of what they was going to do, offensive, defense, and special team. So it's no secret to the coaches, you know, in, in terms of the outcome of the game. Other than all corn being on the bottom side of it, 
you know, how hard the team play when, when the game is on the line. Um, it's no secret to coaches when you, when, you, when you line up and you're playing against one another. Uh, maybe secret to other people and how they expect the game to turn out or, or how high scoring they want it to be and all that kind of stuff. But when you get in the trenches and you're on the sideline with the coach, you kind of understand that this is going to be a very physical ball game. And that's what it was. And it was a physical ball game. Going into it, we knew um, how physical it was going to be, and, and, and it was. Um, just so happened we was on the, the bottom end of it. Um, but, you know, can't nobody predict the scores and things like that. But um, at the end of the game. Well, let's start with the coin toss. You won the toss and deferred. Well, what, what's your strategy? I mean, right off the bat, when you talk about, you know, you win the toss, is that the strategy talked about during the week? You win the toss, you defer, you take it. Uh, how does that work from week? Is that a week-to-week thing? We talked about it all the time coaches, and that's some of the things that we do and uh, try to steal a possession in terms of um, deferring to the second half to where you can be up on the top side of the first half and then come back out and get another possession and going back up and uh, get another score. Uh, kind of a two-for-one deal when you when you talk about that in terms of deferring to the second half. I think this was probably the first ball game that we – we was able to defer uh, to the second half because we won the coin toss. Um, so well, we deferred and uh, decided to kick it uh, to Southern and uh, to, to get an extra possession um, after the first half. Yeah, that the, we do call it, and you do hear the phrase now, two for one. You know, the last possession of the first half, the first possession of the second half, kind of like in basketball where you're up against the shot clock, you can get two possessions, play some good defense, and get two possessions with one with one clock uh, in basketball. And that's kind of the same phrase in football, what we've seen lately. All right, so the Braves won the toss deferred to the second half, and the Jaguars got it at the 27-yard line, and they scored, Coach, on the very first possession, uh, McCray to Petrie for 37 yards. So talk about that first possession uh, as Southern went uh, 73 yards and got on the board early. I think it was just a big play for them, and that's some of the things that we talk about. In the course of the week, don't give up the big plays, and and the offense got to make explosive plays, you know. And I think we gave up that seven-yard pass to for a touchdown, and um, you know, right there on the ball. I mean, we right there on it. We just got to just make that play, uh, but we didn't make the. Play. So, um, they they went up down there. It was seven to nothing at that point, and then the Braves got the football at the twenty-five-yard line on a third and ten. Aaron Allen, who has over 500 yards, 5'10 to be exact, in the last two games, this pass intercepted by Harris, a 10-yard return. Talk about that third and 10 play. You know, the biggest thing is he just got to keep his eyes where the safety's at. I mean, the safety was down in pre-snap, and he didn't see him go back and post-snap read. And that's something that we teach you guys, and, you know, it ain't going to look the same pre-snap. So uh, get your eyes on the safety where your eyes are supposed to be, and, and uh, he threw an by pass and just threw it up and uh, didn't see the safety. Uh, drop back into coverage, so he uh, had an interception there. All right, so the Braves uh, on the turnover on defense at the 35-yard line, but got off the field on that possession. But the Jaguars got the ball later in the quarter, halfway through the first quarter at the 7.50 mark on a second and 24 from the Jaguars' 42. McRae's pass intercepted by Cheriloose. Talk about that play, Coach. Second and 24. They got deflected in the Cheriloose, and they do the, they do the tip drill. All the time during the course of practice, one thing that these guys, uh, these coaches that work on the drill, that if things can happen during the course of a game, and that's one of them, and they call it the chip tip drill. And uh, he was able to rally it up and um, had a good return on it too, George, um, coming down the field. So um, great play by him. 
Yeah, chair loose with the interception and a 16-yard return. So, Coach, you got the football at Southern's 24-yard line. But then we got behind the chains there, and we had a fourth and 27. Uh, talk about what didn't happen on that particular drive. Is you know We had it at the 24-yard line close to the red zone and had to settle for a 41-yard candy punt. Well, the biggest thing is, I mean, they called pass interference on Juwan Anthony, which was crazy. And uh, I talked about that earlier, and I let the officials know how I really felt about that during the course of the game. Um, but, you know, the thing was that uh, the back judge threw the flag. I mean, uh, it's the same official that made some calls against us in Grambling 19. Um, but, you know, the thing was that they called pass interference on, on Juwan Anthony. Say he wasn't running the route, but the ball was thrown to him. I don't understand how he couldn't. He wasn't running the route. The ball was thrown to him. But uh, they called pass interference there, and um, we were able to get behind chains there and end up punting away. Yeah, and in, in that situation, too, um, we got, and Southern had five sacks in the game. You know, talk about the protection. I know our offensive line had been doing a pretty good job of some, some protection up front early in the game. They had, I think, three sacks early. Just talk about overall the protection um, on Aaron Allen throughout the course of the game. I thought it was kind of shaky during the first start of the game. I mean, we had to fill those guys out, and I think that we got a little soft on the edges and uh, and gave up some sacks on the edge right there. So, um, you know, we just got to play more physical up front, uh, be more violent uh, with our hands, and um, and being able to to stop the pass rush that's coming. So, uh, we always gave up five sacks of the game, which is which is something we have to really work on this coming week. Um, getting ready for Texas Southern uh, defensive front as well. So it was 7 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. Just kind of back and forth, teams feeling each other out, trying to get the protections down through the first quarter. It was 7 to nothing at the end of the first. Give us a call, 601-877-6595. Speaking of the phone lines, let's go to the phone lines for the first time on this Monday night. Kermit joining us on this Monday. Good evening, Kermit. How are you, sir? Is Kermit there? Do we have Kermit? We will get Kermit back. Uh, all right, so call back Kermit, if you will. All right, let's get to the uh, start of the second quarter, Coach. Uh, the Jaguars got another touchdown a couple of minutes into the second quarter. Got the ball at the 36-yard line um, and a touchdown there as uh, Lagone with a 36-yard run two minutes into the second quarter was 14 to nothing. And that was right up the middle, Coach, on a first and 10 from the Braves, 36. Yeah, it was. And uh, that's the thing. You know, we kind of get the ball to the ground. Carry and uh, just to get the ball to the ground, as, as we always should do uh, during the course of a football game. We work on that during the course of practice. What, you know, it's tackling the ball, so uh, we didn't get it to the ground. Yeah, right up the middle. It was 14 to nothing at that point. But then the Braves, two minutes into the second quarter, got the football off the 25-yard line was faced with a third and two. Jarvion Howard with a five-yard touch, a five-yard run to extend the drive, then a first and ten. Howard up the middle for five. As we push the ball down the field, we got a second and eight from Southern's 26. And Aaron Allen to Malik Rogers for 26 yards to get the Braves on the board. Malik Rogers had four receptions coached for 87 yards against Mississippi Valley. What I detected Saturday night, pretty good chemistry. And we talked with Malik Rogers in the pregame show Saturday of just his relationship with Aaron Allen. Once he got here, he knew Malik and he wanted him to come, and he did. It seems like the last couple of games are pretty good, uh, pretty good chemistry between those two. 
Yeah, I think all of them work, work good together, Charles. It's just the fact that, you know, we're throwing to the open guy. You know, we're not trying to force the ball in uh, to, to receivers and, and things of that nature. So I think he's getting the hang of it now until where he's getting comfortable uh, in the pocket and throwing to open receivers now. So uh, great play, great protection, and uh, great ball delivery by Lentil Rogers. So it was 14-7, to seven, Coach. That was a pretty good drive there. We went 75 yards on that drive, Coach. Nice mixture of running pass there, stretching the field, kind of getting the running game going a little bit. So that was a pretty good drive. It was, and that's some of the things that we're capable of doing uh, when we execute. Uh, we have to execute all plays, and, and the longer we execute, we're fine. You know, um, when, we, when, we, when we don't execute, we have some breakdown um, in protection or either blocking schemes or, or whatever it may be. So a lot of that time that we have these 75-yard drives, it's because we, we, we're doing everything the right way up front and receiver-wise, catching, running back-wise. That's uh, where it's supposed to be done. You know, you, you drive 75 yards for a score and touchdown um, no, with no flaws in it. So that's the way it's supposed to be operated. So it was 14-7 to at that point. The Braves got the ball with uh, nine minutes left in the first half, down seven. At the football at our own 26-yard line, uh, the Howard for seven yards, Nico Duffy. Talk about Nico Duffy getting in on this particular series, Coach. Nine minutes left in the second quarter, started at our own 26-yard line. You know, you talk about Leatherwood, you talk about Duffy, you talk about Howard, you know, sharing the load. It was Nico Duffy time and had a bunch of carries on this drive. You know, and Nico, Nico he's got the heart of a line, Charles, and he run the ball very hard, very effective. And with Nico doing the things that he, he, he's supposed to do, He's very effective in the running game. And that's one thing he did this past week against Southern. Uh, he ran the ball well on his carry. So, um, like I said, Booz does a great job with those guys, rotating them in and out and, and making sure that, you know, um, they're not getting tired and things of that nature. So, uh, those guys really work good. We got to the Jaguar 24-yard line. Fourth and one at their 24-yard line. False start. And we were forced with a fourth and six. And you settled for a field goal. And Keanu missed it from 44 yards out. That was huge right there, Coach. Fourth and one, false start. Um, and you had to settle for three and came out of it empty-handed. Yeah, that due to the fact of, you know, when the band playing, when the opposition got the ball, um, the system was going at the same time. You know, and um, that was my first time ever hearing that from a referee. Um, and I hope all corn band is listening as well, um, to this fact that they can play uh, when I was just doing out the ball. Uh, that's what we were told during the course of the game. So um, just so they'll know, uh, they can play when I was just doing out the ball, um, you know, from what was told left up to the quarterback to, to kind of tell the umpire he can't hear uh, during the course of a play. But that was coming from those officials uh, that was told to our offensive coordinator. Uh, that is all story because nobody could hear nothing. Um, toward the fact that we could operate the play right and cause up the false start. Um, couldn't hear the cadence. Uh, the cause of the band and the PA system was on. So um, the official during the course of that game um, said that they could do that. It left up to the quarterback to tell the, the ref, um, tell him he can't hear so he can quieten the band down. Um, but, you know, not, not long, we got a clip of, uh, I think it was UNLV playing somebody and the referee went up in the stands and, yeah, I saw told, that. and told the band to be quiet yeah. while the opposition had the ball. So 
this this kind of stuff is is um is tough to you know when I got told I tell everybody we got to get on a more consistent base on officiating um, ball games in, in terms of everybody being on the same page, whether it's the conference or whether it's the, the head officials, uh, making sure that everybody have the same rules and interpret the same rules in the course of a football game. Because right now, it's kind of two ways. You don't know if you, the band should play during the course of a opposition have the football or you don't know if the band should play. So somebody needs to put a rule out there or something to where we have an understanding as coaches and officials to what's going on in terms of the ball uh, at their home at a home stadium. So basically, the explanation given to you, the only way the official will step in and get on the PA and activate his mic and say, "Well, the band, please refrain from playing while the offense has the ball." The only way that will happen is if the quarterback says, "Hey, I cannot hear." If that doesn't happen, then the band continues to play. Am I getting that right? That one was told to our offensive coordinator mm. in the course of that ball game. Were you able to talk to Mr. Kelly about it uh, the last couple of days? Man, Mr. Kelly, always we're good, always talking. You know, we, we have a good relationship, and you know, and I'm gonna try to be be as clear as I can with him, and, and he don't always be clear with me on the rules and everything that goes on. So, um, you know, uh, have a conversation with him about that, but. You know, that was told to our, our officials, uh, our offense coordinator, during the course of that ball game. So um, that was that was indicator of that false start and the reason why we didn't we didn't we didn't to go for it on fourth down and cause a false start. Um, but we ended up picking a forty-four yard field goal, which Keanu is is pretty much perfect around that range. He's good from fifty-two, and um, he just I just asked what happened last night during the course of practice of a kick, and he just said he just got too far about it, and um, that's that's I mean that's. That's kicking. I mean, you know, that that leg. It's that field goal. Yeah, that's. I didn't realize that, Coach. I mean, in terms of that false start, where the, you know, I know the official during the game. I think he mentioned motion to Southern's band a couple of times. I didn't realize that with that fourth and one, that false start, and the whole conversation there. And of course, there's another conversation late in the game. We'll talk about that, but. Uh, I don't know that type of back and forth was going on. I thought it was pretty cut and dry in terms of how that stuff works. Yeah, it was it was a long life for Coach McNeil with the official charge, and uh, I let him know. So, um. business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. The Samsung Neo QLED 8K TV featuring incredible color volume with 8K AI upscaling powered by 20 neural networks on an impossibly slim screen is the kind of TV that's so visually astounding, so unfathomably well-designed, it has to be seen to be believed. Don't believe me? Well, okay then. Radio has its limits. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. I don't have to go into detail with that, but it was a long night for the officials and myself. All right, so with that, that was an opportunity there, Coach. Southern got it with 114 left in the um, second quarter, and then it was 21-14 um, at, at one point, Coach, and you, you take a look at that situation, that first half, 
back and forth. It was 21-14 at the half. Tough start, hung tough, and just a four-point game at that point. What did you tell your team at halftime? You know, the biggest thing is, Charles, we just got to come out and play a, play a better half. And um, I think the defense strained themselves the second half and, and didn't give up any points. And the offense, we didn't we didn't score points, and we should. We missed a we missed a pass there going into it to, to, to tie the game up, uh, 21 right there. But uh, chance to connect on that pass. And, and um, you know, the biggest thing is I think I told the, the staff on yesterday that, you know, we got to put this thing together, you know. And come out and one t- one side of the ball play perfect and the other side don't don't play at all. we got to put this thing together offensive and defensively. And, um, you know, to where everybody's clicking on the same, same terms and in terms of playing – the game perfect, you know, um, defense playing hard, offense scoring, and uh, in that situation right there. But, you know, we just can't come out and, and play one half on one side of the ball and then don't play the second half on the other side of the ball. We can't do that. Uh, teams are getting better in scoring and, uh, and on the defensive side. So uh, we just got to come out and click on all cylinders uh, for one game at least. And, um, you know, we're going to prepare for Texas Southern and, you know, I hope and pray that uh, we come out and, and be clicking on all cylinders in this ball game. Just get this thing started. We're not far off charge, but we're not there yet uh, to where we need to be in terms of um, getting everything rolling like we should be. I mean, right at this point, you would think that everything should be going good um, until the, um, the seventh game of the season. You know, we should be we should be rolling pretty good. But, you know, we have our little flaws and everything like that. But you're just getting the guys up and ready to play. A uh, full 60-minute ball game. That's that's the key, and that's what we're going to work on this week. We'll take a break right here. We'll get to the phone lines, and we'll look at the second half play-by-play action. As it was a nip and tuck second half, a, a close call there at the end on a measurement. We'll talk all about that with head coach Fred McNair. Give us a call, 601-877-6595. You can text a question, 601-301-2611. And you can tweet a question. I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio. We'll take a break, step aside. And we'll be right back after this. Time out here on the Brave Sports Network. It's the Friday Night Cable Week on WPRL 91.7 FM. This Friday night, your Jefferson County Tigers look to go 6-1 when they host the Chiefs of Tylertown High School. It's homecoming 2022, so it should be a burn burner, baby. Free game, 6.50, game time, 7. Join yours truly and the Bones man for over the play-by-play. And Jamario Chavez, Brooks producer. It's Jefferson County High School football on WPRL 91.7 FM and WPRL.org. It's homecoming 2022. Don't you miss it. Coach Mack and the ASU Braves were trying to bounce back from that heartbreaking loss against them Jaguars this past Saturday when they get ready to entertain the Tigers of Texas Southern. It's homecoming 2022, so the Braves got to be ready. It's ASU versus TSU. Game time, two, pregame, 1.30. John Charles, the voice of the Braves, Evans, and Cedric Boots for all the play-by-play. Cedric Tribbins, sideline reporting, and Jamario Chavez-Brooks, producer. It's ASU football on WPRL 91.7 FM and WPRL.org. Homecoming 2022. Don't you miss it. 
All right, halfway through the Fred McNair program on this Monday night, let's go to the phone lines. We have Marquise, as usual, joining us a little later than usual, but good evening anyway, Marquise. How you doing? How you doing, Charles? Doing well. What's up, man? Yeah. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing pretty good right now, Marquise. Yeah, and y'all the hand gave that game away, man. What? <laughs> It was tough on Marquise. They think the kids, they strained themselves, they battled. Uh, we just came out on the short end of it, man. And, uh, you know, we, we, were, we gave us a fight, man, and uh, just didn't execute there in the second half to to score points. And um, I think the defense second half. And we didn't score no points second half on Marquise. Oh, okay. And uh, I hope y'all pull this out against Texas Southern. Man, it should be a good one down here, Marquise. We got them at home, and that's a good thing. Marquise, before we let you go, because we have other calls coming in here, um, we appreciate your calling. You, you always have a prediction for a score. What's your, what's your prediction for this game? Oh, uh, let me see. I think my prediction for this game, I think y'all going to win by I, maybe about 14. About 14? 24 to 10. 24 to 10. All right. We're going we're gonna to jot that down. We're going to document that, Marquise, and we'll we'll get back with you next week. we got a bunch of other calls coming in. We appreciate you calling. All right. All right. Appreciate you calling in, Marquise. All right, Coach, let's look at that uh, that third quarter. So, you know, you, you look at the third quarter, Coach, and I want to talk about the third quarter a little bit because throughout the course of the season, in you, we talked about it last week, how you stressed to your team the importance of, you know, getting going in the third quarter, uh, trying to get some points in the third quarter. Our defense, again, has stood tall offensively coming out in the third quarter this season. Um, and we didn't score in the third quarter Saturday. Is, it, is that a, a point of concern for you, coming out in the second half, ready to fly and ready to go? No, I think, I think it's not a concern because we didn't score points in the third quarter, but um, concern for, as far as the team was, um, I think that we moved the ball in the third quarter uh, when we got out there. Um, we just didn't, we just didn't capitalize on some of the things that we should have. Um, you know, a couple of mistakes here and there uh, during the course of that uh, that third quarter stretch. Uh, something that we got to correct as coaches um, uh, to it. Um, but you know, I think, like I said, they strained themselves uh, coming out in the third quarter and didn't give up any points in that quarter. So, you know, the biggest thing is we just got to keep working and working and and getting these guys ready to roll uh, to come out of halftime in the third quarter. You know, and I, and I, I mean, we don't take anything away from Southern. Southern's a good football team. They had a good, great defense, and they played tough. Um, probably one of the toughest uh, defensive, defensive teams we played this year in terms of um, in terms of the swipe, swipe play, you know. So um, I think they did a great job of doing some of the things they were supposed to do. Um, we just didn't execute as well as we should have. Yeah, I mean, we talk about Dooley and what he can do offensively, what he did at Grambling with Kincaid, what he did at Prairie View. We, knew, we all knew at Prairie View he could score a bunch of points and obviously what his team was able to do the last couple of games. But defensively, I thought, you know, maybe we could get some things done in that, in that, uh, in that game. All right, so let's look at the fourth quarter, Coach, as we get into the fourth quarter, 21-14. to 14. We're able to get a field goal, Coach, out of it as we started at the 28-yard line to start the fourth quarter. And we were able to settle for a field goal. We got to Southern's eight-yard line, and we were able to settle for a field goal there. We had it first and five from Southern's eight-yard line. Nico Duffy with a one-yard run. 
uh, incomplete pass to Hunt and had to settle for a field goal. Talk about how we were able to bog down or what didn't happen, you know, in that five, four-play stretch in which we had a first and five from Southern's eight, thinking of a touchdown to tie it, but had to settle for a field goal. You know, the biggest thing is that charge, and you look at it and, and uh, just looking at it from a quarterback perspective and the, and the things that we thought he was going to do, he didn't do. Um, you know, he threw it to the wide side of the field, uh, which is a very, very high percentage from that hash. Uh, if he stayed to the, I think, to the concept side, uh, it'll be more, it'll be better for him to, um, to, to, to have an opportunity to score a touchdown. But you know, just looking at it from from my perspective, managing the game, uh, so fit there, we're gonna need a field goal anyway um, to win it. So we settled for the field goal there, and um, defense did a great job of getting the ball back to us. Yeah, well, the field goal made it 21-17, to and the Jaguars started with 10-17 left. Uh, got off the field, and Coach were able to get the football back with 4:41 left in the fourth quarter. We, that, actually, they got to a 4th and 18 at their 49. So then we got the football at our 14 with 4:41 left, and we got to the Jaguars' 46. We had a second and three from the Jaguars' 41. Then a first and 10 as Nico Duffy rushed for four yards. Then a first and 10 from the Jaguars, 45. Jarvion Howard with a five-yard run. Then on second and five, Jarvion Howard for three. All right, so let's talk about it. Let's pick it up right there. All right, so you have it third down and two from the Jaguars' 47-yard line. Talk about that play. Third down and two, what were you trying to accomplish there? Of course, getting the first down. That we were trying to accomplish uh, to get a first down. That's on all all position that we have, you know, we're always trying to get first down to to sustain the drive. And, um, you know, um, we got bottled up right there and then and, um, let some guys just come in and run free there and make the tackle. Uh, give, us a, give us a fourth down and one. Yeah, fourth down and one from the Jaguars 46. And here's where it got interesting. Obviously, Jarvion Howard up the middle, uh, very close to the first down mark. They measured it. Came up short. There's all kinds of replays on social media, the ESPN feed. Uh, talk about that sequence right there. And well, let's start with the play first of all. I mean, we were looking for a push, didn't get the yard. Obviously, it was a measurement. Just on that fourth down play, if we can, I think we, for those, uh, for those looking at it, it was very close. And I thought right there, coach, that surge. I thought he might have had it just by an inch or two. They measured it. They looked at it. And we came up short. So let's go back there. Let's talk about the spot, first of all. Start from right there. What did you think initially when Jarvion Howard hit the ground? Well, the guy on our side had a different spot than the guy coming across the field. And, and my initial thought, why he not more walking out there and doing the measurement? Uh, because he saw it more clear than the other guy on the other side. Because the running back back was to the guy from the other side. And so just looking at it on tape, and I see the guy running from the other side, he starts on the line, then he go back um, towards where the ball was and shouldn't have been spotted. So uh, this guy here is right on point. that's coming in on our sideline. But the guy on the other sideline the one spot the ball. Mm. So that was, that was a big thing with me. Uh, this guy sees it, but he let the other guy spot it. Um, so if the, if the other guy on our sideline would have spotted the ball, we had a first down. Yeah, had a first down. And so they rule it Southern's ball. Was that reviewable? Was that challengeable? What, what, what was the case there? Because I'm thinking, all right, let's take a look at it. Let's make sure that you have this correct. And the operations from the official make it sure 
Let's take another look at it. Didn't get another look at it. I was assuming. I was expecting. I think a lot of people were. Is that something worth challenging? What, what were you told about that? You know, the biggest thing, and before the game even started, the, the, red, the white hat came and told me that they didn't have a three cameras on instant replay. And uh, that was concerning to me there. Uh, all three cameras on their sideline, uh, both in zone and one over the, on the sideline on the overhead. So, actually, they, they couldn't really view too much, but they did give me a confirmation that it wasn't – he was short of the line of game. Uh, but, you know, just getting a, a definite look at the, 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 the spot, um, they didn't have enough cameras to do that. And uh, they didn't have a three-inch replay camera on site. Uh, so that was concern of mine before the game, uh, but the, the, just something that we we we, we as uh, as officials that kind of make sure that everything is done the proper way. Uh, they told me that due to the ESPN Plus deal, they they had to restrict some of the cameras to to get their stuff uploaded or something. I never heard of that. Um, either they do or they don't. So. That was a concern of mine before the game was it's not good um, just to have those three cameras operate. Even the pass that was on that sideline, um, they reviewed it, but it was for a distance, and they couldn't really see anything because the guy caught the ball and bobbled it going out of bounds, which wasn't a catch. Uh, but they confirmed that, that it was a catch. So I don't see how some of the things that have been done. And I think that uh, Mr. Kelly got to look closely into these things and these situations with these with the TV games and, and making sure that these teams have the best opportunity to get the, to get the best call on the football field uh, during the time of instant replay. And, um, and I don't think that was the case during this course of this game. And, uh, and I did let those should know how I really felt about them. Um, I also told Mr. Kelly how I felt about them. As soon as the game was over, I, I, did, I did text Mr. Kelly and told him you know, how I felt about the game uh, and those concerns were mine. You know, we put stuff like this on TV. You know, and uh, it's not good for the conference, not good for the officiating in this conference. So um, I did let him know this morning as well on the telephone when I called him this morning uh, just to get some confirmation on some of the things that, that happened during the course of the ball game. Uh, but he's he, great. And um, like I said, me and Mr. Kelly have a good relationship, and he will get that fixed uh, in terms of those officials and, and the way they handle the game. So uh, something that can't be worked. Southern football team coming in here this weekend, and uh, hopefully all our cameras are working uh, to that extent to where we can get this to replay and get it done the right way. You know, uh, when you go into these states, something that the SWAC really enforced uh, during the off season, make sure that we uh, instant replay capability and make sure we can get these instant replays up. So um, some some schools really enforce it, and I guess that some of them don't. You know, so that's a concern of mine throughout the whole conference. So based on the, the lack of the camera angle, uh, they didn't even review it. I thought, I mean, typically what you see, even though they might not have the proper angles, they would look at all the angles, even though they had three cameras or four, whatever the case, they would look at all of them, and if it didn't show anything, the ruling on the field, the initial ruling would stand because you don't have any evidence to overturn it. At least, unless, I don't know, but unless... The, the angles that they had just couldn't show any anything, any clarity to change that. That's that based on your explanation and based on what was explained to you on the field. That just kind of that was kind of my thinking 
on that, that because there was really no, no angle to definitively even take a look and see if it's even worth changing the call on the field, that's just kind of where it stood. Because you only have one sideline angle, and that's the one coming from their sideline. And that wasn't the issue with me. It's the issue was when, when, the, when, the, when the ball is on that hash to our sideline, that official kind of spot that ball, not the guy on the other sideline. So he ran in and spot the ball from the, from the, um, from the home sideline. The set was short. So um, that's something we have to live with, and, and um, there's something I have to live with too. So they made those calls. Was there an explanation in terms of that? Why the opposite? I just field? said it was confirmed that he was short again. That's all. Wow. Well, that that play, coach, that fourth down and one play. Um, just you know, we, we know how that ended up. Um, just trying to get that that one yard right there. Uh, just running straight up the middle, and, and how Jarvion Howard, we know how powerful he is, and how he can get that yard. Uh, just just trying to power it in there. We got to sustain blocks, Charles. And that, that's the biggest thing. We we talk about that. Uh, during the course of practice each and every week, uh, sustain the block to the whistle. You know, uh, we letting guys slip off blocks and, and make contact with the front, with the running back first. You know, uh, we sustain blocks and stay on our blocks and stay engaged. Uh, we pick up that first down easy. Uh, maybe they pop it open. You know, so uh, that's the biggest thing. And I think that we go back to work this week and and try to work on uh, for Texas Southern. Um, you know, my biggest fear is always you know short yardage stuff. You know. Um, got to make sure that we're doing stuff on first and second down um, to kind of eliminate third down and fourth down stuff, you know, so that's the biggest thing we need to work on. I think that Phillips uh, on yesterday about some things that we need to try to do and different than what we did um, uh, this past week and uh, you know, just confirmation just to make sure that Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Same page, you know, and I think we are. We've never been off the same page, so I think we've been more consistent with what we talked about during the course of the week uh, in preparation of getting this ball team to play and score points. You know, we're all on the same page, you know. Um, I have a headset on, I listen to all the calls, and all the calls is, is designed to score. And uh, just so happened that, you know, if we, don't, if we don't execute it the right way, we missed a touchdown pass with an open receiver down the middle, uh, that's, not a, that's not a coach's call play. Uh, all plays scored a touchdown, so um, just got to make that pass to uh, to truck. Down, we score a touchdown at twenty-one, twenty-one. Uh, then we come back. I'm that way, Charles. So uh, we was able to try to get it on fourth down, and so we decided to go with. And uh, like I said, it was it was easy. We just got to sustain blocks and, and be more violent and physical up front. Give us a call, 601-877-6595. I think we have Kermit back on the line. Kermit, good evening. How you doing? Charles, good evening. How you doing? Doing well. 
right. Uh, Coach Mack, I appreciate you uh, answering that question regarding the spot on the ball on that because that's what I wanted to ask you about on that. Because, you know, us looking at the game on TV, Coach, it was clearly that, you know, zero, only thing that guy could see coming in to spot the ball was the zero on the runner's back. I mean, he didn't even know where the ball was. So I appreciate your thing on that, Coach. But this is what I want to say. And, Coach, this is something that you can just listen to because I know you can't say anything about this. But, you know, Coach, this is a prime example. And, I'm, and I get sick of this Bush League swag because this is a prime example of stuff that go on. And a good example, Coach, is that fight that Southern had last week. They wait two weeks, Coach, to review the information and do suspension of the players. And I know that has nothing to do with us winning the loss. But, Coach, they didn't give you any break when you had to go back to Southern for two years in a row. I just get sick and tired of us doing stuff like that, Coach, as if we're trying to benefit another team. we got to do it fair for everybody in this conference on there. And what they did this week, waiting to Southern plays Virginia Lynchburg and waiting to PB plays Lamar, that is not fair to the rest of the team in this league. Because I guarantee you, Coach, if it had been us, They'd have been looking at that film quite quick to see what needs to happen for next week. That's all I wanted to say, Coach, and I'm out of here, and good luck to you this weekend. All right, Kermit, thank you for your support, man. We appreciate it, Kermit. We're going to talk not necessarily about what happened with the the PBU thing and and Southern. The conference came down with the suspensions and fines today, Uh, but you and I had a conversation about just the engagement and the back and forth because – Clearly, there's going to be some players, 21 and all, that were suspended for the next game. And uh, you and I had a conversation about that last week. So we appreciate Kermit's uh, comments on that. We will uh, take a break right here. We'll get inside the numbers. we got plenty of texts and tweets to get to. Had a couple of technical quirks at the start, so we'll make up the time and we'll get to all of that. We'll break down the game, look at the SWAC standings, and look at Texas Southern on homecoming. A big game coming up for the Braves as they try to get back on track. We appreciate the calls and texts and tweets that have come in. We'll take a break. We'll be right back after this on the Freya Bicknair program. The Old Country Store is a proud supporter of Oakland Braves football. Both the best in down-home cooking like Grandmama used to do. You need to stop one by the Old Country Store and see Mr. D and his staff. You'll be glad you did. I'm getting hungry just by talking about it. The Old Country Store is open daily for dining or carry-out. And when you go by, tell Mr. D you heard of WBRL 91.7 FM. The Old Country Store is located at Highway 61 in Mormon, Mississippi. Look for the marquee picture of Mr. D holding that famous fried chicken. And when you go by, ask him to say the grandmama song that the Old Country Store opened for business. The Old Country Store is a proud supporter of all court praise football. And remember to please be safe. All right, welcome back to the Fred McNair program. Glad you can join us here on 91.7 WPRL and WPRL.org as we break down the Southern game, go inside the numbers. Coach McNair, just your spill and your conversation and what goes on on that sideline, man, I'm kind of glad I'm not on the sideline. There's a lot of stuff that's going on on the sideline. Conversation between you and officials and the back and forth. I mean, like you said, you're listening to every play, you're following the game, and then you know, it's a head-scratcher. Why is this the spot here? Why is it not marked here? And all kinds of stuff. So there's a lot of stuff that goes on on that sideline. You know, Charles, you know, the biggest thing you come to terms with and and then I myself after the game and, and just, just really, you know, really visit myself in terms of, of how the game flowed and, 
and not outcome of the game and, and my thoughts about the game. You know, I can only control what I can control, Charles, and that's this football program and the things that they do uh, in reference to the game and, and the way they carry themselves and the way and how hard they play. Um, but the officiating, I can't control that. The cameras, I can't control that either. Um, the band, I can't control either. You know, uh, the PA system, I can't control. Um, but I try to do the, the, the best that I can uh, to manage this football should be uh, ran um, in a very respectful way. Um, my players, they don't get on the field. They don't, they don't clown. Uh, they're very respectful on the field. They play the game the way it's supposed to be played, between the lines. You don't hear the coaches going out uh, talking about other coaches and, and talking about the other teams. Uh, that's something that we don't do. Um, those are things that I can control, Charles. And you know, that's the thing that I, that I, I tell my staff. We talk about it all the time. You know, we just got to get these guys ready to play football the way it should be played. And like I told the guys during the pregame, after pregame meal, pregame speech, you know, during the course of the game, something's going to happen. But you just take care of that between the lines. Um, and that's the way they do it. This is a very group of guys, good group of guys we got. Um, they're going to play hard each and every week. We put them out there on the football field. They're going to give 110% each and every week. So uh, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of where they played this past week. Uh, just fell short. And we just got to, uh, they say, get off the mat. You know, get off the mat and, and get back. Get it back at it. So I think that the meeting Sunday was good. Practice uh, last night. And some of the young men, and they, they ready to fight back. So uh, I'm very excited about this week of practice, getting these guys back on the playing field and, uh, and getting ready for another game here at home. All right, let's go inside the numbers quickly here, Coach. Aaron Allen, 17 of 26 for 211 and a touchdown. You talked about the protection. He was sacked five times, three of them early. He kind of cleaned things up there. Uh, in the last two games, he's thrown for 510 yards the last two games. And I've, I've been thinking about this the last couple of days. It seems like he's rolling out more, and when he does, he seems more comfortable in hitting his targets on the move. Are you seeing that? Well, there's a lot of things we, 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 that we pay attention to in the course of the week and, and how we prepare for a team, Charles. And, and whatever it takes for him to do, he would do it. This, is, this young man who's very heady, um, he got a high football IQ. Um, we just got to, as a group, we just got to give him the things that he needs to be in protection and, and um, so he can understand the concept of the routes and the, and the coverage. Uh, but other than that, this is a very, very um, high IQ football player we, we're looking at in Allen. All right, so the running game, Coach, well, against Valley was tough sledding. We averaged 3.3 yards per carry against Valley, uh, 44 carries for a buck 14, 2.6 yards per attempt. Um, against Southern University, how tough sledding was it? You know, trying to run the ball on the Jaguars. Well, they always tough. They always tough against the run. They got a good. They had a good front on the things they were doing. I think Coach Miller on that side of the ball, on Southern uh, defense coordinator, um, you know, he had football league and uh, he does a real good job as defense coordinator for Southern. He did a good job at Prairie when he was at Prairie too as well. Would do. Um, but you know, it's kind of a kind of a good good thing, man. He he guys were very pressing. I think the offensive line they strained themselves. Uh, against that defensive seven front um, and, and played well uh, in terms of trying to get some, some yards on the, run, on the ground. Receiving coach Malik Rogers, we talked about that that combination. Um, Ten receptions the last couple of games. He had 87 yards versus Valley, 83 on Saturday night. Juan Anthony with four catches, and he had some big catches there, coach. Four for 44 and some good situations getting Juan Anthony going here a little bit. Yeah, Juan is a great receiver. He's a great receiver. He does everything the right way. And uh, he's to catch it in any of them on the team uh, when it's thrown to him. Uh, 
It's like you said, and uh, he's very consistent with what he do. Um, great, great small kid and does everything the right way. Hunt with a touchdown, 36 uh, yards. He had the, the two receptions for 36 and a score. T. Adams, we talked about him the last several weeks with a couple of receptions. Back-to-back plays, Coach. You you got him the football in some tight windows, and he made some plays there. Yeah, he's a, like I said, he's, a, he's, a, he's a probably – Pound for pound, the best athlete on the football field. Uh, Charles, you know, like I said, T. Adam just got to be uh, the best he can be during the course of the week to to get get the playing time he deserving now. Um, doing everything the right way, running the right routes, and and uh, being in position to make plays. And I think that's what he, he put himself in uh, this week against Southern. How would you assess, Coach, the tight ends getting involved with Jeremiah Green, and and you, you talk about Griffin just getting those tight ends involved there on some short yardage situations, and there was a situation where Allen had tight ends open, and we've seen that the last several games. Really all year off and on, you've seen the tight ends get involved. You know, just that that combination, quarterback to tight end in the short situations, and when they pack the box, they get down the field. Just, just talk about that a little bit. We just got to connect. I mean, we threw one to Jeremiah, and all just about knocked him out. So uh, then we overthrew, um, overthrew Truck down the middle there. Should have been a touchdown, so – uh, we we always trying to get the tight end involved in several plays that we got. Uh, depends on the situation a lot of times, and and using truck in some formation that we not normally using that. Um, people call that eleven personnel when the tight end is in, uh, but we kind of look at it as a, as a as a ten personnel deal for us because he's athletic um, as a receiver for us. So um, just depends on how teams look at him and the personnel change. Uh, defensively, Coach, you look at the defensive side, Ellis and Kinsler with seven tackles apiece, uh, McCullum with five. Uh, just We had the interception, and we had the sack. Talk about our defensive line. You know, we've been getting after it up front. Um, just talk, assess you know, the defensive line and back-end pressure on McRae and the Jaguars Saturday. I mean, they've been doing great. They've been doing just the, just the work that uh, Coach Bradley put in with those guys and getting them to do things that – they're supposed to do, I think it's very, very good uh, in terms of their practice habits and being able to get guys in and out and rotations. And, you know, Kinsler and Ellis played a, a solid ball game there, uh, made a lot of plays for us. And uh, those guys are doing pretty good on that. Kinsler and, and those guys there too. So um, it's, just, it's just good to see those guys come out and compete. Like I said, we just got to put this thing all together, Charles, in, in terms of, uh, offense and defense, it's together we rise, you know. Um, we just got to make sure that we, we're putting this thing together in terms of a whole football game on both sides of the ball. All right, we're going to get to the text and tweets in a moment. Back to the phone lines we go at 601-877-6595. We're looking at the, the defense. Well, we had Cedric Foster on the line there, um, so maybe he'll call us back. We'll take a break here, and then we'll get to the text and tweets. We were going to go to Cedric Foster down in Tallahassee. Maybe he'll call us back. And uh, we'll get them on. So we'll take a break here. When we come back, we'll get to the text and tweets. Look at the SWAC standings. And we'll look ahead to Texas Southern. Down the stretch we come. We'll take a break. We'll be right back after this. Time out. Got it. I got it, too. Of course I got it. Did you get it? Still unsure about getting the COVID-19 vaccine? Get the facts. Sign up and get your vaccine today. And let's stop COVID in its tracks. It's on you. Learn about why other people like you got it and how you can get it at igotitms.com. 
This message is brought to you by the Jackson Heart Study Community Engagement Center. And the Mississippi SEAL team. Coach Mack and the ASU Braves were trying to bounce back from that heartbreaking loss against them Jaguars this past Saturday when they get ready to entertain the Tigers of Texas Southern. It's homecoming 2022, so the Braves got to be ready. It's ASU versus TSU. Game time, 2, pregame, one thirty. John Charles, the voice of the Braves, Evans, and Cedric Boots for all the play-by-play. Cedric Tribbins, sideline reporting, and Jamario Chavez-Brooks, producer. It's ASU football on WPRL 91.7 FM and WPRL.org. Homecoming 2022. Don't you miss it. All right. Welcome back to the Fred McNair program here on this Monday night. Glad you could join us. Uh, Coach, when you look at the last couple of days, I know it's a tough loss. A lot of folks are still talking about it. Um, I do notice that this team does, you know, have a short memory. You know, tough loss, obviously, Stephen F., um, you know, Tulane, and we seem to bounce back. And uh, this one was tough because it was kind of hanging out there for us to get. Uh, When you look at players' eyes and body language, you were saying earlier that uh, you didn't seem to, you know, just move on to the next. You know, you just win the week or lose the week. You got to have short memory either way. There's a lot of football left to be played. I mean, we look at the SWAC standings here. And clearly, with we were the last team in the West with a loss. So Southern with a loss, we have a loss. Prairie View with a loss. As you, uh, for those watching, you look at the standings there. And I know you don't look too far ahead, but uh, a lot's still there in front of us. And it's just we got to do what we can do: control the controllables and and take care of our business. And you know, the biggest thing that's in front of us now is Texas Southern Charge and and get these guys focused on the things that they're going to come in and try to do to us. Uh, offensive, defensive, special teams, or I think the focus is, is where it needs to be right now in terms of for, for a battle here at home um, against our home crowd. You know, so um, they're looking for the, for the challenge, and uh, we just got to prepare them as coaches uh, to get ready for this battle. You know, uh, we'll, we'll get together this week and, and work to where they can understand what Texas Southern is going to do when they come in. Uh, from the injury standpoint, Coach Bowler did not play. Talk about his status. Right now, he, he had his helmet on last night and, uh, in terms of to come back and play. Just going to make sure we, we keep an eye on him and in terms of what he got to do to make himself ready. You know? So um, still a day-to-day deal with him and, and see how it works out from there. Yeah, on Mondays when we, when we do this, it's, it's, we've said this before, it's kind of hard on Mondays to determine, unless it's something really serious, you know, kind of the nagging stuff, it's kind of day-to-day, and it's, it's kind of early in the week, it's, it's hard to say, because you get treatment and therapy, and, you know, could could be a goal later in the week. You know, the biggest thing is, you know, getting these guys back and forth to the doctor on this day of Monday, making these appointments for the, for to see the doctor is always a challenge uh, in terms of getting them in and out, and, and you know, hopefully you know, the married help continue to work with us and try to get these guys seen as, as quickly as possible uh, to get these guys back to the planning service, at least give us an idea of what's, what it, what's really wrong with them uh, in terms of their injury or the extent of their injury uh, in, that, in that case, you know. So um, we try to do what much as we can as coaches and, and the medical staff here to, to, to see where we're at with the guys' injuries and, and how fast can we get them back. Give us a call, 601-877-6595. We'll take a break right here. When we come back, we'll look at Texas Southern University, the Tigers, coming up here on homecoming. 
Andrew Body and Company, a sophomore, a rising sophomore. He was a freshman last year and looked great at times. And other times it looked like a freshman. Growing up, his team won a big game on the road against UAPB, had a lead at home against Alabama State, but they beat the Southern University Jaguar team. So they've got one foot in the door. They're just kind of hanging tough here. And it'll be a good game coming up on Saturday. So we'll take a break. We'll look at Texas Southern when we come back after this. Time out. The Friday Night Game of the Week on WPRL 91.7 FM. This Friday night, your Jefferson County Tigers look to go 6-1 when they host the Chiefs of Tylertown High School. It's homecoming 2022, so it should be a burn burner, baby. Pre-game 6.50, game time 7. Join yours truly and the Bowls man for all the play-by-play. And Jamario Chavez, Brooks producer, it's Jeff. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Jefferson County High School football on WPRL 91.7 FM and WPRL.org. It's homecoming 2022. Don't you miss it. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. All right, the Fred McNair program here and looking at some of the texts and tweets. You talked a little earlier, Coach, about Aaron Allen, the job that he's done. And let's let's talk about the quarterback position here. We, we know what happened with our backup who, who left, Cole Williams. And talk about that and getting him ready. How is he coming along? Because we know at, at that position you're one play away. Yeah, you got Cole Williams and you got Trey, uh, Trey Lawrence uh, as well, Charles. Those guys have been working really hard. And uh, Coach Phillip has mentioned to me that you know those guys are inserting themselves more uh, into what's going on now. I mean, you know, uh, and love and just try to get him to stay. And uh, But his mind was set and ready to roll. You know, he, just like we say, you're only one player away. Um, in my tenure here at Alcorn, we never we never finished the season with a starting quarterback. It's always been the backup that we with. So, um, but, you know, hopefully, you know, Aaron to get back up and, uh, and get himself straight. He's a little sore, but I think he'll be able to play here on Saturday in terms of um, preparation for this game. But Cole and, and Trey Lawrence, they've been doing a great job during the course of the week of uh, preparing to play uh, when ready. Look at the numbers, Coach. I talked about it, over 500 yards the last couple of games, and he seems to be getting more comfortable. But there are people out there that say, you know what, Let's, you know, when things are going sideways and going the wrong way, time to you know, maybe do something different and make a change. Has that been a thought of yours at all these last few games or even at all, just considering – you know, a new quarterback, new scheme, new system, and all of that, just the acclimation uh, process. Was that something that, that you thought about maybe Saturday or at any time the last few weeks? You know, I know Aaron Allen looks good and all that, but you know how fans are. They want to see continuity, consistency, and sometimes that doesn't 
it doesn't always happen for various reasons? Have has it been thought about, you know, something different? Or do you just feel like that Aaron Allen can, can really push through and, and get it done? Bama? Oh, they really, really, really haven't been, Charles. Uh, in terms of what we do, we're going to do uh, in preparation to, to play each and every week. Um, make changes at this time, no. Um, and as coaches to make sure that all our guys, not only the quarterback position, but all positions are ready, prepared to play uh, when time comes. And um, whether we have depth in all positions, uh, I think that the shoe deep depth chart is something we always look at. We look at the third guy, see how far he's uh, he come along uh, during the course of the, of the years. Um, but we're going to continue to play uh, football the way we've been playing. Um, and I think Allen is doing a great job of, of really controlling the game, uh, doing the things that we asked him to do. And hopefully if, if, if something happened to him, the next guy would be the same way, you know. So um, we're just asking that, that we just come out and, and compete each and every week. That's the only thing we actually these guys to do. Uh, that way we'll know where we're at in terms of uh, the next guy up. You know, if they come out and compete every week, we'll know where the next guy up is at. Next guy up, next team up, and the next team up is Texas Southern. So, Coach, let's look at the Maroon Tigers as they roll in here on homecoming. Uh, they lost to Prairie View 40-23. to They lost to North Texas State. They beat Southern 24 to nothing. Uh, they had a lead against Bama State. I think they led 13-7 to and lost uh, 16-13. And they beat UAPB 24-17. to in that Bama State game, uh, Texas Southern led 13-6 to going into the fourth quarter and let it slip away. So when you look at this TSU team offensively, Coach Andrew Body, the 6'2 sophomore from Corpus Christi, uh, one of the great passers coming out of high school in Texas history, 1,014 yards, five touchdowns, same amount of picks. So when you look at this kid, Andrew Body, we saw him last year at times he made dynamic plays, but at other times he looked like a freshman. He's a sophomore now. What do you see in his progression as you look at him on tape from last year to what you've seen recently? He's been good. I think I think the biggest thing is with him. I think he he, he knows the offense and things what he what he's trying to get done. Um, I think the coaches are doing a great job with him of, of not getting him too much on his plate. Uh, they got two dynamic running backs and Darius On and uh, Jacory Howard that's going to really run the football very hard. And uh, also Body he carries the ball. I mean he's the second leading rusher. Uh, on the team with 327 yards uh, on the ground. So uh, it's a double-head sword there. You know, you gotta got to see him throw the ball and you got to see him rush it too with those two dynamic running backs in the backfield. So uh, we got a tough task ahead of us. Uh, the receiving core, Derek Moten, um, he's got 400-some yards in receptions. And A.J. Bitt, Burnett, um, those guys have been catching the ball for him. So um, we just got to make sure that we, we're doing the things that we're supposed to do in terms of um, – rattling around with our defense and getting these guys uh, off, their, off their platform. You talked about Morton and Bennett in the receiving category. Bennett with a couple of touchdowns and Morton with a couple of touchdowns. Defensively, Coach, six sacks, seven interceptions, four fumble recoveries. Uh, so you look at that look at, at that group with uh, uh, Michael Aikens with seven tackles for loss and a couple of sacks. Uh, what concerns you about this TSU defense? I think it's, just, it's a lot of concern. I mean, they play hard. Those guys play physical uh, in terms of things that they do uh, defensively. You know, uh, I think Coach got them guys playing uh, lights out on defense, and 
Uh, and some of the stuff that they do is, 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 is something going to be different than we've seen in the past weeks uh, in terms of coverage and stuff. So we have to take a real good look at it this week and uh, make sure we come out with a good game plan in terms of what we're going to try and do to them to, to expose the defense, you know. Um, each team have a, um, have a, have a weakness, and uh, we just got to find it in the course of the week and make sure we explore it in terms of what we're going to do offensively. Coach, before we let you go, I mean, we, Kermit kind of brought it up a little bit about what the, the conference came out with in terms of the fines and suspensions with the uh, Southern and Prairie View situation. I want to get into that, but I, I do want to go into a conversation you and I had about just not getting involved with that type of stuff, the back and forth, you know, all the, 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 the talking and all of that, because you see what the end result is, a game suspension for 21 players and um, I think over $17,000 in fines between those two schools, how – you know, just trying to, and I know it's it's testosterone, I know it's energy, and I know you, you've had a conversation with your team about trying to avoid that. Talk a little bit about that. You know, the biggest thing is, you know, um, you know so the, 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 your team really takes the mindset of your head coach and, and try to avoid as much of that you can. You have to, you have to really uh, get these young men to understand that something that you cannot do uh, when you go into another per- person's house, um, can't, you can't disrespect it. Uh, you go in with a great attitude and come out. Um, anything, it's just hard for me to believe that um, any individual would go in some of this house and just really disrespect that. And that's what you get to when, you, when you're doing stuff like that. Um, Coach can control that. Uh, they can control that. Um, I control these young men's here for ever, ever since I've been the head coach coming in, uh, the things that they do in terms of going to a, going to a stadium and how to act. Um, we don't get out and disrespect anybody logos. Um, that's the that, that, that's the guys that's the guys heart. Um, our brand is a brand, and um, and everybody should respect that. You know, you just don't go to anybody's house and think you can just walk around it and do the thing that you want to do. Uh, so just to understand that from a perspective way, I think that um, you know, team should have handled that different. I think both staff should have did something to, to prevent that um, in terms of somebody being out there on the field and, and not being able to, to to get that stuff done. So um, these guys here, and I can honestly say these guys here would never uh, go into anybody's stadium and disrespect their house. Um, but when you get between the lines, it's totally different. You know, you got to play on the field. you got to play on the logo. Um, so just going out there and just doing something, something crazy um, on the football field during pregame warm-up, I think that is crazy. And that's the only way that you can get, you can get fined or suspended for games. Um, but you know, it's just it's just the mindset that you have as a head coach, the way you, the way you coach the team, and, um, and that that just that's my belief. And I talk to these young men about that all the time about how we do things, you know. Um, and I think that should be every head coach's speech uh, during the course of the week, how you go in and and act during the course of the week, in, in terms of how you prepare for a game and the things that you going to the stadium. So those things that can't happen. One thing we saw at Southern, and I don't know if we'll see this, you know, maybe for us at our games or going forward, you had more of a, of a police presence, even on the field at midfield. You had a lot of uniformed officers out there on the field, Coach, on Saturday. And I was talking with you know, a few people up in the press box. I hadn't seen that, and I don't know if that's something that's, that's a new normal because of, of that incident or, or whatever the case, but uh, that was something different. A lot more uniformed personnel on the field, but pregame. And I think that's what's something they put in place uh, for this week, you know, 
Uh, not my my guys not gonna do that. Uh, they're not gonna disrespect anybody logo. Just can't go past the forty five. Um, you know, on each side of the ball. Uh, just just to say somebody not is just stepping on the logo. That's that's one reason why uh, they're officiating, and I guess why the official was out on the for this game. So uh, it was a lot of them out there. It's a precautionary reason. I can see that. But, you know, these guys have here, Charles, I can say, uh, honestly say that these guys would never, ever do that um, because they know how Coach McNair is when it comes down to stuff like that. Uh, you don't disrespect nobody. Um, Coach, it's homecoming. And we had the whole homecoming spill. You know, a lot of alums will be here, a lot of supporters. Hotels are booked. Uh, and Kermit uh, – called in a couple weeks ago, and I kind of want to revisit it a little bit. This is a big recruiting weekend, am I correct? On that, until you'll have some recruits Yeah, here? we do have some recruits coming here on campus, Charles, and, and the biggest thing is for us is that um, we have a football game to play, and it's enormously for us, and, and I, I try to and tell the kids on about the meaning of homecoming. Uh, last night, the, I kind of enlightened the players on, on homecoming, the things that they do on campus. As far as the student body, you know, we had to protect ourselves as well and not get involved and get engaged in too many of those activities because we have a game to play on Saturday. And I kind of gave them the, 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 the thing about homecoming. Some of you guys who have already graduated, who have become alumni and, um, and Alkanites, you know, maybe some of you guys, but this is for the fans that's been away for a while and get an opportunity to come back and, and embrace this campus and, and see this university that haven't been here in a, in a while. So... Those are the things that when we talk about homecoming, I tried to tell the guys last night about that. Um, the game, we celebrate the win. Um, but, you know, during the course of, of, the, of the week, we have things to prepare for. Uh, the activities goes on during the week. Um, we have things to prepare for a football game. Uh, but on Saturday, the camps will be full, and, and there won't be no distraction to us uh, because of our mindset. we got to play a full 60-minute football game against a very – very good football team, so we can't be distracted by the festivities going on here on campus for homecoming. Uh, we won't embrace it, but it'll be after the game, you know. So uh, those are things that we talked about last night uh, to our guys to get them to understand um, homecoming. Um, you know, so it's just Breast Cancer Awareness Week um, month. So, you know, I think that uh, Dr. and Ms. Thompson down at the Health Physical Education Recreation building is doing a great job of, of promoting uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month uh, in terms of uh, in, the, in the gym. Um, just saw today, had a good talk with her today, and you know it's, it means something to to us uh, as as, as uh, we go through this process. Um, and hopefully, prior to the start of the game, you know our football team will will release uh, ribbons in recognition of uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month on um, those who and celebrate those who um, who survived it. Um, you know, we invite, hopefully get a chance to invite some of the, some of the survivors down to to walk us to the goalpost as we come out and, uh, and re- release the balloons in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Week. Uh, it means something to people, you know, uh, when you talk about that, those who lost people, and, of course, those who have survived it as well, Charles. And, and like I said, I go through the gym every day, and, and I see pink ribbons and balloons, that uh, Miss Thompson and her staff have really 
got involved in Breast Cancer Awareness Month uh, for this month. So it'll be very exciting to, to come out and um, for homecoming and get a chance to play on this Saturday, Charles, against a very good football team. Coming uh, in uh, the Breast Cancer Awareness Month. You talk about, you talked earlier about getting up off the mat. You know, we had, you know, obviously Stephen F. had them on the ropes, tough there, tough game at Tulane. But then we got off the mat, you know, 10 sack game against McNeese and got it done against McNeese. Got to do it again, Coach. Got to get, get off the mat again. Got the homecoming coming up, and you take it one at a time. You try to win the week, try to win the day, try to win the game. And the next game, the next week is Texas Southern. You know, the biggest thing is these, these young men know that they, they still have fight in them. Uh, you know, it's not the end of the world uh, to them, and they, they, they do understand that. Uh, as I always talk to them, and we talk to them as coaches, realize you see another day uh, to, to come out and compete against each other uh, through the week and preparing yourself for another 60-minute ball game on Saturday. Uh, in terms of what we got to do, we got to be ready. It's time to go back to work. So uh, the young men understand that. You know, you talk about getting off the mat, you talk about getting up in preparation for the for practice uh, in the morning time and all that kind of stuff. Um, so the young men understand the task at hand. Uh, they understand what's at stake here. Uh, they understand the destination we're trying to reach as well. So, um, you know, for them to come out and they're going to continue to fight. And um, that's one thing about this. They're resilient in the things that they do. So we're going to continue to push these young men uh, to get better each week. Um, and just so happen to take a southern this week. A lot of football left to be played by the teams that are still in contention. Jaguars have Virginia Lynchburg, and they go to Jackson and Florida A&M. A lot of football there. Prairie View's got Lamar. And, of course, we've got Texas Southern. Coming up on Saturday, so as they say, control the controllables, and the only thing we can control is how we do on Saturday against Texas Southern. Kickoff at 2 o'clock, pregame at 1.30. You're on the Braves Sports Network. It'll be on HBCU.go. Coach, we appreciate it. Let's let's get back in the win column. Thanks a lot, Charles. Together we rise. Together we rise, and together we say so long from Jack Spinks Marino Castle Stadium Media Room, where hopefully about 9.30, Coach McNair will be sitting in that seat with a couple of Braves players in a Braves victory here as they take on Texas Southern. We'll join you next Monday night as we recap the Texas Southern game and look ahead to Grambling. For our producers, Jamario Brooks, Cedric Tillman, I'm Charles Edmond for the Fred McNair Program. We'll talk to you next Monday night. So long. company bankruptcies and mine reclamation as you're a mississippi university college enrolled junior or senior pursuing an exciting career in broadcasting the mississippi association of broadcasters is offering scholarships to help qualified college students realize their dreams mississippi radio and tv broadcasters are looking for the best of the best to work in a variety of rewarding positions apply today and learn more Visit msbroadcasters.org and click on the scholarships link. Applications must be received by October 15th. Hear that? That's ceasefire country on a Saturday. And while drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up, imagine what you could buy in the future. So, yeah, I used the savings from switching to Progressive 50 years ago to finally buy my dream car. It's a self-driving flying car, but we just say self-flying now. You know, because it's the future, and cars fly in the future. 
So switch to Progressive and save big because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary.